TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Good evening and welcome to the Memphis Shakedown Podcast. I am your host, Josh Coleman. Sitting alongside me is not Philip Dean. He's in Cancun right now, but that's okay because we've got the one, the only, Mr. Tyler Springs. Tyler, how you doing tonight, bud? Good evening. Thank you for having me. What or where is Cancun? Cancun. Uh, well, you know, obviously uh, it used to be known as Cancun. Uh, and then uh, Chandler Parsons got down there and Cancun did all up. Exactly. Yo, Gil with the drop in. I'm telling you, man, he's tight like that. Tyler, where can they find you on Twitter, first of all? Because I, I love the new I love the new Twitter handle, but I want you to say it. That's good. I've gotten mixed feedback. You used to be able to get me at Springs on Sports. Right. Now you'll have to find me at Typhoon Springs, which sounds a little bit like a disaster movie town, but it could, it could work out. I'll take it. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, of course, you can find me at 3SOB, and you can find the show at Mim Shake Pod, because, well, all the good ones were already taken when we, when I, we came up with that name. So... All right, so tonight we're going to uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Tony Allen signing with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, we'll discuss the the death of Grit and Grind, which has finally happened three years after everybody already declared it dead. Um, we're going to get into some of the uh, some of our favorite college uh, sports traditions, um, you know, and uh, of course we'll be talking a little bit about uh, one of those that uh, will be happening again in this very city. Uh, as well, and we'll talk a little uh, UCLA Memphis Tigers matchup this Saturday, and of course we're going to do the Dean's List and Double Secret Probation because that's everybody's favorite segment. They love to hear people, you know, hate on others. That's just that's just the way it works, and so then you know that's that's what we'll be doing today. All right, well, good deal. How's your week going, man? It's going well. You know, it seems like we're we're a world that's built on more and more people hating on other people, and oh. I don't I don't know that I like that. Well, but it, it is it is convenient it's 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 good in a in a superficial way it is know? it is like I, the fact that cj mccollum likes to hate on a nba journalists who rank players now right you now know, he I, does it deservedly probably because he's been a member of the media on occasional yeah, postseason sets so he gets a feel for it right yeah but, I, I did like what jared dudley told him said you know if there's anybody qualified to do this it's me because i am both a player and a member of the media so I'm qualified to do this, and I think it was basically him telling CJ to sit down and shut up that, that he wasn't to that level yet. But, uh, yeah, I, I do kind of wonder uh, with, with stuff like that because I did see a few people, uh, a few, you know, air quotes, journalists uh, say, well, we need these players to take a journalism class if they're going to try and rank us. I'm like, oh, you're, good gracious. You're taking it way too seriously already, buddy. Oh, guys. You just you, you can't do it. But why do we rank things? So that we can argue about them afterwards. Yes. That is literally the only reason that we spend all this time ranking things, whether it's the, the NBA player rank for that ESPN does, AP top 25 rankings, both, you know, college football, college basketball, whatever. I mean, power rankings. They're so we'll talk about other stuff. On a superficial level, I think we rank things to make more sense of them. Sure. There are certain things that we can make sense of. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, I, you know, just last week I asked Philip and Gil, you know, what, what their you know, number one scariest movie they'd ever seen was. And, you know. Here we go. So, well, it, 
it, it's just, I think it's a natural thing. You know, uh, obviously, you know, my, my cohort, Ben Fulfer, he and I spend countless hours ranking things for no other reason than just to rank them just for the hell of it. Because what else are we going to do with our day? That's a great question. I really don't know what Josh does with his days, Gil. I, I think it's, it, it's, it's kind of anybody's guess at this point. It's a mystery. It is. It's a mystery. I go off the grid so that nobody actually, you know, sees me. But, uh, you know, somehow the money just keeps coming in. I don't know how. I am not going to go along and answer your, your scary movie question. because no? I, I don't have enough movies that are oh, scary no, no. that I've watched. Again, uh, Gil, if I remember right, yours was, was yours Jaws? No, I don't think. I think that uh, Phyllis was mine. Was that Mama movie? The I can't the Hispanic one. I can't think of the oh, name. That's of right. It. That's right. That's right. The uh, the one of the uh, Guillermo del Toro movies. I think. Exa- exactly. Yeah. That Man. and then you know the very beginning of Babadook until he became like a pet <laughs> until he becomes a pet. And yeah. You're like, and they're feeding it. That was interesting. Yes, that uh, was a really interesting movie. Though. Uh, Phillips was The Shining, and of course mm. mine was The English Patient because. I don't understand how anybody enjoyed that movie. Um, but, you know, moving along, uh, thinking of things that, that aren't scary to me, but are scary to a number of fans in Grizz Nation, Tony Allen is no longer a member of the Memphis Grizzlies. Scary or nerve-wracking? Give, give, me, give me just adjectives. Let's, let's do two or three. Well, uh, for many, heartbreaking Sure, is, is, you know, a lot of people are emotional about it. Um, but I think there are a lot of people that are, are scared of what this team is going to look like going forward because it doesn't have that guy that has been the emotional leader, the identity you know, maker of the team, at least according to the fan base anyway. Um, I, again, I'm not in the locker room every single day, so I don't know how much of what we perceive to be is actually fact whenever it comes to Tony Allen's influence. I hear you on that. I think there is a certain level of comfort that you develop over a while, especially in a franchise where the coach has changed a couple of times. Right. You've had the same GM. You've had a lot of the same ownership. You've you've kind of had the same GM. That's fair. You've had some of the same people in in place. But I'm not as concerned. I'm not as shaken, maybe, because I know that Tony Allen, while being a good player, also sports what is and what will be a declining skill set. I think right. that's been proven over the last little while. It's no question. Nothing that anybody's trying to hide from. It's certainly people something they are disappointed in. Mm, disappointed is the wrong word because time gets everybody, right? Uh, Father time's undefeated. But it's something where you knew it was going to happen after a certain amount of time. You didn't want it to happen, but hopefully you trust that people are going to have a plan in place. And right. the question is, do they know what the plan in place is yet or not? And I think people are, have been afraid for a long time that they don't know what the plan in place is yet because they haven't been exposed to, quote-unquote, modern basketball. Right. You got a little bit of that this year. Well, and, and not just that, but also you say you're replacing Tony Allen. And again, people have this idea that Tony Allen is still Tony Allen four years ago. No, he's not. You know, but, but, that's, but that's what's in their mind. They're thinking, We're, we need to replace Tony Allen. And so they look down the line and you see Ben McLemore, who's somehow already hurt, despite the fact that we haven't even had training camp. Um, You know, you look down there and you say, okay, well, we've got Tyreek Evans, who isn't hurt yet. So that's that's a good thing. Mario Chalmers, who might be healthy, maybe. We don't really know. You're using a lot of tones that I don't really 
uh, I don't really like. I don't know how I, I feel about them. You know, there's like a little. Uh, yeah, there's. Uh, I, uh, you sound like Chris Berman when he's not sure how to call a play. But that's uh, but uh, that's the whole uh, thing. There's a whole bunch of uncertainty down there, and then you have Wayne Selden. Anybody who was paying attention at the end of last year feels pretty good about Wayne Selden, but the fact remains he is still a guy that you look at him and you think, okay, I think I know where his ceiling probably is, and it's not Tony Allen. But again, these people are saying Tony Allen of four years ago, not the current version of Tony Allen. Right. And, and so I think it is that uncertainty that, that makes everybody just a little uncomfortable you know, looking at that two-guard spot. Right. You look at Tony. You look at his career averages, and we'll look at just what he's done with the Memphis Grizzlies right. briefly to sum it up with the overall analytics figures in, in one or two numbers. The overall offensive rating, the overall defensive rating. As right. a Grizzly, Tony Allen, 103 offensive rating. As a Grizzly, Tony Allen, 101 defensive rating. He hasn't hit either of those two marks in the last two seasons. So right. he's definitely a different guy than the defender that we used to know. Now, I think there was a time when we looked into – his impact on the floor last season, and we noticed that I think he was making some of the similar defensive impacts by going for the turnovers and the steals, but the gambles had an equal and opposite reaction, which is the more you try them, the more you're at risk of giving up something else. You would get those those lightning strike plays right? to where you thought, oh, old Tony— and it made you overlook the three bad plays that he made almost immediately afterward, unless you were paying attention to Marcus Gasol, who was just infuriated at having to try and cover up for them time and time again. Yeah. So, so when people when people you know kind of jump on Marcus Gasol about you know being a, a sourpuss uh, this past season, I, I kind of want to point them and say, go watch Tony Allen's play and then see Mark's reaction and see if you see a correlation there at all. Now, again, it is not my intent to to bash Tony Allen because, as we said, he has gotten older. He's a guy that has relied on some unbelievable athleticism most of his career, but he's got two bad knees. He came here with, with one bad knee and then had to have surgery on his other one you know, while he was a Memphis Grizzly. Um, you know, I posted a story on 3SOB.com today uh, titled uh, Play Me a Dirge. For those of you who don't know, a dirge is the, the song that pirates would play uh, when they would have a funeral at sea. And, you know, I say it in, in the article and I, I give you a brief, you know, summation of it. I, I love pirates. I've always loved pirates when I was a kid. I, lo- I absolutely was enthralled by stories of, of Blackbeard, of Captain Flint, you know, um, you know, the Queen Anne's Revenge, Captain Hook, all of it. Was it the pirates or the Vikings that would light someone on fire as they set them adrift? That was the Vikings. Okay. Yeah, they have the funeral pyre, um, right. which is also very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a friend do that uh, for a beloved dog. Wow. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it was an interesting experience. Dog was already dead, guys. Yes, okay. yes, Dog absolutely, started. absolutely. Dead for three days, in fact. Okay. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, uh, so, but Tony Allen, he embodied that, that pirate spirit that this Grizzlies group has had over the last seven years. Oh, he, yeah. If, if you were to think of NBA player and, and swashbuckler, Tony Allen should be the first guy to pop into your head. Yes, you know, because again, the gambling, I mean, the, the fact that he plays to the crowd, just like you expect a pirate to, to play to a crowd. I mean, he, he was very much the NBA version of, of Captain Jack Sparrow. And then you had Zebo, who was the Barbosa, the much more calculating, you know, the, the guy who he saw the end game and he knew how to get there. But he was willing to, to let Jack go make all, all the crazy stuff happen, you know, in order to see how it was going to work out. I also feel as though 
If you're thinking of who looks better with the parrot on their shoulder, it's Zebo. Right. It's definitely Zebo. Oh, absolutely. And if you get a little like charcoal briquette or something like that, yeah. and you go give a little quick swab, you can be Tony Allen very easily, <laughs> just because he's got that he's got that beard, right? He's got that that, that little straggle beard. Oh, no question. No question. Um, but that, yeah, the the pirate age grizzlies. Yes. But, but that's that, and that's what they were. They have reminded me of. I mean, you you know, you you look at this group. You had Mark Gasol, who was. He was a throw-in in in a trade for his brother. Nobody knew he was going to turn into a defensive player of the year, a three-time All-Star. I mean, anybody who says that, even Chris Wallace admits, I never thought he was going to be that good. You know, uh, we we have the the story of of his brother Powell telling Chris, you know, my brother's going to be really good. But we don't think that Powell thought he was even, that Mark was going to be that good. I mean, uh, you know, Mike Conley. A guy that was was shoved off to the side so often early in his career, you know, everybody was trying to trade him for guys like Ramon Sessions. Good God, I just and and you know now we've gotten to the point where underrated is his unofficial first name, and he's hanging out with Kanye West. He is. Wait, when he is? Yeah, there's recently he was in a picture with Kanye West, like in the like off in the island somewhere. No. Oh yeah, wow. Mike. Mike's, Mike's doing big things. Keep him away from Kim Kardashian, and I think we'll be okay. Yeah, um, and the Kardashian women have a really bad <laughs> influence you know, on well, every man they've been I with. Mean, technically, I think Mike's taken. Yeah, Mike is obviously taken, and, and now has you know. I, I'm talking about just. I, I don't even want her to shake his hand. Right. You know, I I, I don't know if it, if it's like uh you know the movie Fallen. It, it transfers by touch or, or 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 what it is, but. When LeBron said that she couldn't come in the locker room, I was like, dude, I got it. I, oh, understand, I understand 100%. She you know, doesn't need to be around anything. You know that LeBron pulled Tristan Thompson aside. I was like, look, dude, I ain't telling you how to run your life, but you might want to stay away. And, of course, you know, now we have Blake Griffin hanging out with uh, – which one is it? I don't, one, <laughs> one of the two Jenners. I, I don't remember. Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, no, no, it is definitely not Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Are you sure? I, I just, I just looked at TMZ Sport. <laughs> no, it's, it's not Caitlyn because that's the former it's Bruce Jenner. It's on TMZ Sport right now. But that's the former Bruce Jenner. I shouldn't say that. That's <laughs> terrible to just say that there's something on another publication. <laughs> uh, it's TMZ because, you know. Although I will say, uh, I don't believe that anybody, any celebrities are dead unless TMZ reports on it. They, they, are, they are my go-to whenever it comes to a celebrity, okay. you know, hoax as far as, you know, so a celebrity being dead. I will go to TMZ first and go, oh, they don't have it, so no, it's not true. Well, I'm sure Andy Kaufman's not on there, so. Uh, probably not. I don't like being in an age of needing to see video for things because right. I don't need to see video for right. everything. But I feel as though we are using TMZ more and more as the go-to video source oh, when no people question. are like, oh, there's no video of that Mike, Michael Bennett getting beat up. Oh, wait a minute. There it is. There it is. There it is. I, I swear. I, I They've got sources that are better than both Woj and Shams. I don't know how it happens, but they're amazing. I know, and I hate to love it, but I do. Like when I see like Jimmy Butler say, "I don't know who Kyrie Irving is," I'm like, "Oh, I love this. <laughs> this is great." I'm, we're, we're, we're more and more here for the petty takedowns, the petty conspiracies, oh, and the controversies than we are for the real ones because the real ones are getting to be more overwhelming. I said last week I, I put Kevin Durant, not, but not actual Kevin Durant, internet Kevin Durant. Yeah. On the Dean's list because he is so freaking petty, and I love it. I mean, he turns the the smallest little whisper into a scream when it comes to him feeling slighted. It's it's like you've been hanging out with Michael Jordan because Jordan used to do the same thing, and I'm I'm here for it. So, in the sense of pettiness, right? With Tony Allen now being a Pelican, yes. Opening night, Memphis Grizzlies versus New York, New Orleans Pelicans wasn't where I was going, but I like right. your style. I, I wanted to throw that in there, right? Um, if you were Monty Williams, mm-hmm. would you call up Doc Rivers and say, "Hey, 
I got your former backcourt as my backup backcourt. Right. You want to be an assistant coach on this team? Because your role would then approximate the role you once had with those guys, <laughs> the role that he once had. <laughs> That'd be a little petty. That would be tremendously petty, and because it involves Doc Rivers, I would absolutely love it. Absolutely, no question. It's not my fault. It's, it's not, my fault. It's not. I don't, it's not Blake's fault. It's not. <laughs> I, I did love it. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. I retweeted it when, when I did. Uh, one of the Clippers blogs uh, posted a thing this past week. It said, uh, uh, top, you know, top five Clippers that I will miss uh, this coming season. And they listed, like, you know, Luke Richard and Bob Mutu. I mean, they list everybody but CP3. And I was like, oh, yeah. Y'all are coming to the dark side with me, aren't you? <laughs> I so. like it. I like it. And we'll see how uh, Jeff Green plays. Uh, well, you know, I mean... He's going to have those brief flashes where he looks like an all-star and people are going to talk themselves into Jeff Green because that's what they do. And I'll be sitting over here going, no, don't, don't fool yourself. Or could be the season where Jeff Green no. maybe no. puts it all no. together. No. I, I, I refuse to outright bash a guy that's been through open-heart surgery, but that's the only thing keeping me from dragging him through the mud time and time again. I'll, I'll be honest. We'll have to see. Yeah. All right. So we've got TA to New Orleans, which I actually I I love as a signing for them. They needed you know some depth on the wings. He's a guy that's going to bring obviously the the defensive energy, the intensity, as well as the veteran presence that some of those younger guys need. I will say having Someone. having Tony Allen and Boogie Cousins already made them you know league pass material, but then you add Rajon Rondo to it as well. Oh my gosh the we need, we need microphones on all three of them because they all talk to themselves constantly. I was just going to say, you needed a sparring partner for Rajon Rondo. Now you got one. Oh, absolutely. You need one. Absolutely. Just in case. But wouldn't, wouldn't Boogie Cousins have been great on that Celtics team? I feel like just personality-wise, oh can you imagine? With, with, with Garnett? And that's what I was going to say. You swap him in for, for Kendrick Perkins. Oh, my gosh. And, and again, I mean, that's, that's like an upgrade of talent tenfold uh, just, just by doing that. But, yeah, you, you put him on there. Good grief. See, Gil's already cracking a soda in preparation of watching this amalgamation of basketball grit. It's going to be awesome. It would be awesome. All right, so so now we we have come to the death of grit and grind, which has been talked about each of the past three off-seasons. It's been a long, slow death, or was the demise much overhyped to begin with? Oh, it or was both? It, it, was, it was much overhyped. Um, and because, again, you, you go back to three years ago and you know obviously the Grizzlies were coming off of going to the Western Conference Finals which I'll be the first to admit they were you know uh, emboldened by running into two different teams that had significant injuries right. which which helped propel them to that point however despite that still they made the Western Conference Finals and so then they come back the next year and you're expecting to see them take you know that 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 next step next forward step. It's always that next step and think, okay, well, they might not win the Western Conference Finals, but they should, you know, take two or three games off of whoever they face. And instead, they get bounced. And, you know, you're left to wonder, well, okay, well, now what? And so that, that started the whole, well, you know, you, you can't just pound the ball into the post anymore. You, you, you got to get, get with the, the modern NBA. And, of course, that was the start of the Golden State Warriors, you know, doing what they do. Um, and, of course, you, you had people saying, hey, it weren't for Mike Conley having a broken face and a Tony Allen hamstring. Just gonna say, but you know what? What, what happened happened. 
sometimes you got to break faces to make progress, I guess. Well, that's true. Oh, that was, that was my last Tony Allen point of him being a pirate. His nickname for Mike Conley after breaking his face, One-Eye Charlie. The most pirate thing of all time, period. I dare you to find something more pirate-like than that. Getting scurvy. Uh, okay, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Oranges, people. Oranges. Yeah, lots of oranges. Um, but yeah, so you know they, they, they get bounced by Golden State. Golden State, of course, goes on to, to win the title, and everybody's like, oh, well, this is, this is the new way that everybody has to play. Not realizing that, uh, number one, you don't have Steph Curry. Uh, number two, you don't have Clay Thompson. Uh, you don't have Draymond Green, and you damn sure don't have Andre Iguodala, you know, as your six-man extraordinaire, who could still be making all-star teams as a starter, but is willing to be the six-man in Golden State. And, of course, then they go out, you know, two years later and get Kevin Durant, and here we are just kind of all biding our time, you know, waiting for June so that we can give them another title, and there it is. I'm not going to give it to them. But I, I, I think there is some time biding, particularly in the early season, because right. what do you do opening night? Because at opening night, you think, oh, they're probably going to be pretty full strength, so we're pretty much you know, going to just get rolled <laughs> up on here. And uh, yeah, can we play these guys, you know, February, someplace where it, they're getting really tired? <laughs> Hashtag don't lose by 50. <laughs> That's the one. Hashtag again. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, of course we said it two years ago and Cleveland through, I can't say a miracle cause it wasn't really a miracle, but through unique circumstances managed to beat them in a seven game series. Yep. And then of course they get rolled last year in five, um, a gentleman's sweep, which is, I think was what most people called for, uh, you know, going into that series. Has Cleveland gotten better? Depends on how you feel about the Isaiah Thomas trade, I think. I, I, I think they get slightly better defensively, slightly worse offensively um, because of the Jay Crowder thing, not because of I, Isaiah, obviously. Because the next time Isaiah plays competent defense will probably be the first time in his career. Mm. Again, I love watching IT cook in the fourth quarter. It's fun. It really is. But I don't know that he could guard either one of us if it came down to it. Well, he'd guard me because I'm more his size. I can't back him down like you can. Um, you know, I think if you can use your left, I think you can get by him. Honestly. Using I, the whole left thing is, yeah. Oh, see, okay, there you go. And, that, and that's why you stuck to baseball. That's it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was it. But you're right. I mean, it, it is um, a Grizzlies squad that is working on catching up, quote-unquote catching up for the rest right. of the league. We saw a little bit of that last year. You won't see it in terms of like a huge, gigantic leap in the stats. And I don't want to say that was Zach Randolph and Tony Allen, quote-unquote, holding back the wheels of progress because that's not a fair thing to say. They certainly had tremendous utility, particularly Randolph for David Fisdale in his first year, both as as, locker room presences but also as Zach becoming and kind of staying the same like fourth quarter late clutch moment, right. reliable guy that he had always been. Yeah. So you go with the tools that you had, even if you already want to run a system where you put Mike Conley in more situations like a point guard scene elsewhere in the league where you're more of a playmaker from, from possession to possession rather than just the guy that distributes and then will sometimes create on his own. You saw Mike, I think, being a more integral part of the offense. So this new Grizzlies squad is a little bit farther along. They've got the makings of the ball movement and the design of the offense with the spacing, 
the pace is up a little bit. It's not up, you know, tremendously, but you might get it up a little bit more without a Zach Randolph and a Tony Allen in there. But you can't look for this Grizzlies team to be, I think, top half of the league in those categories. That's mm. I think that's that's too big. If you get if you Around get twenty, if you get league, yeah, I mean, if you get league average from where they are right now, because I think they were twenty sixth in pace, but eighteenth in offensive rating overall, right? Which is up from I think like like twenty eight and twenty one maybe two right. years ago. That, those are those are some big improvements. So if you get if you start getting the league league average and you say. Well, the Grizzlies are playing at a speed that like is pretty usual. That's a thing. Like oh, that, that that becomes a mark reached, right? Because we haven't really right. been accustomed to that in years past. So it's it's a little bit of a, a slow track, right? right? You know, you're not you're not you're not taking AP honors <laughs> a, here. A slow track to the fast track, right? Somehow it's not AP space and pace, right? Um, but it will be hopefully fast tracked. Right, we're getting too many mixed metaphors here. There's a lot of tracks. I'm going to kill them now. Um, Railroad tracks. My question is: Do you moose tracks quickly? Are <laughs> <laughs> you like moose tracks, Gil? I love those moose tracks. Those are the ones that have like the little peanut butter cups inside of them, right? Are they are they caramel cups? You're close. I think they're caramel cups. Yeah. I think I think yeah. It's just a, it's just a glob of everything good in ice cream. I think right. You're doing good things for Josh right now. I appreciate it. <laughs> My brain does funny things. I was just going to say, um, we'll move from one hoofed animal to another. Yeah. Rather than moose tracks, let's talk about horses that, in the words of Tony Allen, we might milk this year. Yes. Um, would you milk the same horses you've been milking in terms of a Marcus All and a Mike Conley, or do you find milk in other places? Well, I mean, hopefully you're going to get something, anything out of Chandler Parsons this year. That's obviously the, the, the one guy you can look to that has the potential to be another top 50 player this season. Knock on wood. He's the only one that you, I think you can look to on the roster and reasonably expect that. It's not to say that you know, somebody couldn't come out of nowhere to, you know, to, to reach that level because we know Tyreek Evans, when healthy, is a tremendous player. There's, there's no question about that. But you're not expecting that because your hopes for Tyreek Evans are let's get 60 games out of him and have him healthy for the postseason. That's, that's what we want from him. Um, but yeah, I, I think, okay. So, you know, one of the things that, that, uh, David Fisdell, you know, instilled in them was, Hey, Mark, I want you to shoot four, three pointers a game. Right. And of course, Mark kind of scoffed at that, but then went out and, you know, more or less did it. I think he comes into this, this season and says, Hey, Mark, I want you to shoot six and a half, three pointers a game. Whoa. Because why not? We, we saw how effective it was. And, you know, you're, you're talking about bringing that other team's big all the way out to the perimeter so you're opening up lanes for either cutters or for Mike Conley to drive, but also to get easy offensive rebounds that way. Let's go. Let's go crazy. You like six and a half? Why? Uh, I just I want to see him, you know, embrace that outside shot even more because it, it makes him so much more, you know, dynamic offensively, and also it opens up his passing game. You know, we don't have Zebo anymore because it it was always you know Mark could find Zebo with his eyes closed. Well, he doesn't have that anymore. So let's let's pull him out to where he can he can make things happen, you know, and and happen for guys that can cut to the basket like Tyreek Evans, like Mario Chalmers, you know, James Ennis. And Ennis is a guy he can't create his own shot. You know, it's, it's not to say he can't put the ball on the floor, but a, against a starter level defender, he's not going to, to get the best of him very often. But he's a great cutter to the basket, much like Tony Allen was. And so if you can get him going that way. 
You know, because if Chandler Parsons isn't healthy, James Ennis is probably your starting small forward. Yep. So that, that, that's something that you want to look at is easy ways to get these other guys going so that it's not Mark and Mike playing the Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, you know, we each take 30 shots and everybody else settles for it, you can't know, be, whatever. Can't be that. No, no it, it, can't, it certainly can't be. But you want to get both of those guys around 18 shots a game. And if, if Parsons is healthy, get him about 15 shots. And then see what you can figure out, you know, with, with the other, what, about 40 shots that will be going up per game. The other 40 shots is coaching. Exactly. You know, and, and, you know, if you can get both Mark and Mike to where they're both facilitating and scoring at the same time, it makes everything so much easier for everybody else on the team. It does. So, and I think that, you know, figuring out rotations is going to be interesting because I, I know I've been saying it for, you know, over a month now. Chris Wallace is going to have to make a trade. There's no way fans or buts about it. Chris Wallace has to make a trade of some kind. Otherwise, he's left with just cutting a player, which is the dumbest possible move you could do at this point. Having said that, yeah, there's, there's a good chance that that's exactly what happens. But you've got Brandon Wright. You've got Jarrell Martin, Andrew Harrison, Wade Baldwin, James Ennis, and Troy Daniels. Those are six guys that some combination of you should be able to you know put two of those guys with Brandon Wright's salary and say... Give me something. Give me something and a, and a future second round pick. Consolidate so that you you know you, you can take the you know the quantity and bring something of quality back. I'm all about the draft picks as long as they're promised to use them all right. Well, if it's second round picks, they're just assets. That's all they are, you know. And and so I'm good with that. That's a good point. You know, we they, they got uh, what was it uh, four second round picks back in that trade a couple of years ago. Right. I don't care if they ever use them. Just. You know, send them to somebody else. You know, for for a player, or you know, uh, you know, send that and you know that pick and a player, you know, to get you a first round pick somehow. I'm cool with that. Uh, the, the way Chris Wallace is drafted, I don't necessarily need to see him use you know all of those picks all the time. Um, although he does better with the second round picks than he does with the first round, but that is what, interesting. Yeah, what, what are you going to do about that? That is true. Yeah. All right, you ready to uh, to you know highlight some some good and bash some bad? With Dean's List and Double Secret Probation? I think I'm ready for that. All right, well, let's do, uh, let's do the Dean's List then. And now, an attempt at sophistication and culture. It's Three Shades of Blue Radio's Dean's List. And here to educate you is Master Philip. No Master Philip, because he's hanging out in Cancun, but thank you anyway, Ezekiel. All right, first up, I want to give a Dean's List nod to the Cleveland Indians. I mean... Seriously, 21 could be on their way to 22 because I haven't looked at the score lately. 21 straight wins, that's phenomenal. There, there's really no other way to put it. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure you know, how, how, to, how to quantify what they have done. And I was around, you know, obviously, to see you know, Billy Bean's Moneyball A's win 20 straight. It's currently Royals 2, Indians 1, bottom 8. Okay, so we'll keep an eye on that. We will. We, we will keep an eye on that. But yeah, kudos to the Indians, you know, for bounce, bouncing back from losing the World Series to you know say, hey, we're still here. And they've had a bunch of guys that they've they've lost to injury. I mean, they've had a lot of young players oh, come absolutely. up and play well. Bradley Zimmer, their center fielder, probably much donezo for the season. Right. They lost Andrew Miller, who's been the reliever back tonight. For a though while. I know, yeah. But they lost him for a little while. Didn't right. have didn't have just the capability of using him. And they still won twenty games in a row. Yeah. And now twenty one games in a row to set the new record. Congrats to them. 
I think it's tremendous for that city. Um, I don't think anybody ever imagined themselves to say, what a time to be living in Cleveland. <laughs> never <laughs> no never passed the lips of no. a sports fan. Of, of any person living in Cleveland. I know. But it is... Uh, Unless you're is, really pumped about river fires or something <laughs> like, oh man, we had three river fires today. I feel like there's there's some niche out there of like river fire chasers, like like tornado chasers. Oh my gosh, but I, river would, I would do it. I would love to see a river fire. Okay, maybe not. Are they are, are they in in motorized boats or like canoes? That's what I want to know. Oh, I was going to go airboats. Ooh, that would be fun. Um, although, Man, that would, Michael Bay get on that. That would make an amazing visual because the, I think that feeds the flames, right? You know, <laughs> right. like you, you make the river fire bigger. Yeah, you can uh, see the scene with the fan boat going around it, and right. then you know the blowing the flames out and the hairs in the wind. Yeah, I like it. Die Michael Hard Bay. Six. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think we're already up to Die Hard Nine now. Oh, so, well, we no. tried. Who do you have for Dean's list? My Dean's List includes, uh, this is, this is kind of like a preemptive strike, sure. honestly. Uh, well, I'll, first I'll say, I'll say Oklahoma all right. um, for taking down Ohio State on their own ground. Um, I won't make all the Columbus jokes here. I think they've already been made. They were made. so funny, though. They're great. I'm sure they're great. I kind of <laughs> wish that it happened on Columbus Day. Uh, that would have been, been, been up the ante a little bit. Uh, I'm a little upset that Baker Mayfield tried to plant a flag in a field that's made of rubber. Um, but other than that, kudos for, for Oklahoma going in there and taking care of their business because sometimes you need to be checked if you're if you're a Buckeye Nation, uh, as good as they have been over the last couple of years. As hyped as he was, I'm surprised he still didn't manage to, <laughs> to plant that flag. Well, yes. He was uh, – <laughs> it was looking like he was going to drive it halfway around the world there. Um, I will also give a Dean's List to people around the league – who actually believe in good NFL quarterback play after week one, because <laughs> these are extreme optimists among us. I mean, these are the people that will lead our country into the future, and the future will be bright with them no matter what's actually happening. Their view is clear, because if you could find a nugget of gold in this weekend's quarterback play, my goodness. There is no future. The future is dead. Mm. There might be some quarterbacks on um, – on, uh, well, I can't. I can't speak to it yet because it's, yeah. it's it's twice secret. Um, but um, yeah, the dean's list for me also includes. Um, no, no, no. You're not no, gonna do it. No, no, no. I thought about it, um, but yeah. If if you if I mean you've at least got to go with uh, with with the you know a Monday night football dean's list. All right, the dean's list includes. The seriousness of the look given by Adrian Peterson to Sean Payton, <laughs> which was like borderline homicidal. <laughs> I need to fold all of my laundry right now. Yes, I will, Mom. I promise. I cannot wait for the NFL bad lip reading that uses that particular clip. Oh, it's yeah. going to be amazing. But the other thing was, if you listen to the post-game segment, I give Sean Payton the Dean's List. For for once, listening to a player who told him that yeah. because he said just run the inside zone, coach, and they ran the inside zone. Now they right. didn't they didn't run it to death, but they ran it yeah. apparently after he asked for it. Yeah. So apparently the stare worked, and Peyton listened to the player, which is you know just nice to see that an NFL player has a little bit of power in that way. Every now and then, every now and then. So I guess I'm giving it to Adrian Peterson. Okay. The dean's list. I like it. I like it. All right, let's go to a double secret probation. The time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. As of this moment, they're on double secret probation. 
LeBron James. LeBron James. You're a New York Yankees fan. We all know that you're a New York Yankees fan. You've been wearing that hat for like 37 years. Don't tell me you're not that old. We both know you're older than I am. But he came out and congratulated the Cleveland Indians for their winning streak. Why? Well, because he's from Cleveland, and by all rights, he should be a Cleveland Indians fan. But no, he's a New York Yankees fan. Quit trying to stroke that bandwagon. It don't need you. They're doing fine all by themselves. Just leave them alone. Let them be. He was there last year, too. He was sitting oh, up. I know he Him was. and J.R. Smith were sitting up there I watching know. the game. Out here trifling, acting like I they're Indians that, fans. That was the game that he was with his girl, and his girl was smoking something, and then <laughs> the TV and she was like, "Put it down, put it down." You don't remember that? Uh uh-uh. uh You can check it out. It's online. There's a GIF. She's trying to hit something, and then he notices the cameras uh-huh. on him, and he goes, "Oh no, 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 put the put it down." There is nothing more enjoyable for me than people at a sporting event getting caught by the camera, either not supposed to be there or doing something they weren't supposed to be doing. Love it every time, including, uh, I don't know if y'all saw it, the, the guy that uh, uh, was caught on camera. I can't even remember what event it was. The other, he just slowly ghosted out of the picture, staring at, just dead at the camera the entire time. He was like, oh, God, I'm caught. I am so caught. I don't know what his girlfriend and or wife was doing, but I guarantee you he was worried about it right then. That sounds staged, <laughs> honestly, but it sounds like it was a lot of fun to watch. It was. It was. All right, who you got? I'm telling you what. I mean we got to put a lot of coordinators on probation this week because we didn't get we didn't get Miami and we didn't get Tampa Bay. Right. But everybody pretty much except for I don't know, name like three good NFL quarterback performances this weekend. You can't Alex Smith as Alex Smith as someone that accidentally not accidentally did it completely on purpose and, and regret it completely started Eli Manning in my fantasy oh. league. Over whom? Carson Wentz. Oh, another guy that actually had a good game. Same division. Yeah. Let me tell you, quarterback play is just abysmal. Just bad. But I will say, um, Joe Flacco goes on double secret probation for complaining about not throwing the ball enough in a win. Uh, But was he complaining in an elite way? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 for sure. (laughs) Far and away. He only complains in an elite way. It's who he is. But... I think we should put he on. We should put him on on uh, double secret probation. We should put Andy Dalton on double secret probation. They played the same game. Yeah. Uh, who threw? Who threw? Scott Tolzien. Put the whole Colts offense on double secret probation. Can I get it again, Gil? I would love to get it again. Because this Colts offense, what are you doing out there? You know Andrew Luck's going to be out for an extended period of time. You know it. You know it. It's okay if you don't get it again. But it, it, it just blows my ever-loving mind that there is no backup plan for this Colts team other than, uh, uh, let's trade for Jacoby Brissett and see how it goes. But whatever you do, don't sign Colin Kaepernick, no, an actual competent God. quarterback. Heaven forbid. Seriously. Don't do that. I, yes. it's, it, yeah, it boggles the mind. Any, anybody who intentionally watches Colts games, if it's not involving their team on the opposite sideline, may God have mercy on your soul because I don't know what you're doing. I think they're still trying to suck for luck. Yeah, I mean, apparently. <sighs> um, I, I don't think that's going to work out so well for them, though. I'm going to add one to Dean's list that I forgot. Yeah. We don't need it, but... Uh, Shout out for Sloan Stevens. Absolutely. How about that? Absolutely. Well, that? and not just her. We've got to give it to, to Rafa Nadal as yes, well. Yes, absolutely. You know, we, we, had, we had Roger Federer win two majors. We had Rafa Nadal win two majors. 
and both of them, you know, over the age of, of 30 something to where they shouldn't be winning these majors anymore. You're right. And, and, and it's crazy. It's, for me, who just had my 38th birthday two days ago, to watch these guys and go, they're getting up and down the court with these guys that are, that are 15 years younger than them. No clue. No clue whatsoever. Tennis is so hard, and I'm, I'm just thrilled that uh, you get to see so many American women in like, oh, yeah. on the doorstep. I think that we, had, we had maybe three or four um, in the semifinals that were American, or maybe the awful. I, can, I have to go back and look. But I just love, I also just love the candor of the younger generation. That's yes. one thing that like, people hate on millennials a lot, but I think I like the bluntness of it at least a little bit because we can be real with each other about oh, certain things. And when, so when a reporter asked Sloan Stevens, you know, does this, does this fuel your fire for winning more turn, tournaments, which is a question that never ought to get asked, but you know people have right. stories to write. She said, did you see the size of that check that lady handed me? Absolutely. I'm like, that is, I am here for that kind of bluntness. She said, I can have all the avocado toast I want the rest oh, of my stop. life. <laughs> no, it's pea now. Apparently they, they, spread, they spread peas on toast. What is, you heard of that? what is wrong with your generation? <laughs> what is wrong? I don't do it. It's that sounds not me. extremely British. It's not me. That it does, really does sound British. Is what that a does? British thing to do? I don't Spread know. Spread peas on toast? I don't know. I don't think I've ever looked at a piece of toast and thought, you know what this really needs? Peas. peas. <laughs> The last like thing. individual pieces? No, no, no. I want to spread them across right, it, mash right. them onto this toast. Like, you want to make a sandwich? No, no. That, that does sound like a British thing, though. Like, yeah, they're the think, ones that add some salty stuff to stuff. Yes. You know, like when you don't need to. Like porridge. You salt your porridge, right? No, give me some oatmeal with some brown sugar, gosh <laughs> have darn it. Have a bit of crisps. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to leave here, go straight to uh, Celtic Crossing and, uh, and order some fish and chips after this. There's no question about it. All right, so that uh, that is our dean's list and double secret probation. Um, now that you people know me, I could put like seventeen different different people or entities on double secret probation every week. I'm trying to limit myself to, to only one or two each week, though. You know, make them count. And LeBron just really annoyed me this week. Okay, so. well, yeah, you probably won't get a chance to do it during the season. So. Oh, and, um, well, you know, he's gonna, he's going to do something, you know, uh, petty at some point during the season. There's there's no question that uh, you know he's going to turn in ty- on Tyron Lue. Um, whatever the new GM's name is, doesn't even matter. Kobe. Yeah, so it doesn't even matter. He'll turn on him at some point. And, of course, then we're going to get all the back and forth, uh, you know, between him and Dan Gilbert, which is, seriously, everybody sees the writing on the wall for this, right? We all know where this is headed. He might not sign with the Lakers, but he ain't signing with Cleveland in the offseason. Oh, I thought you meant, like, way, way down the line. Like, LeBron's going to buy this team from Dan Gilbert one day? No, Dan Gilbert will sell it to somebody else, and then LeBron will buy it from that person. So. What, what if Dan Gilbert sells it to like an umbrella group, and he doesn't realize LeBron's like the <laughs> primary investor behind it? Wouldn't that be great? That sounds like the uh, the plot to Ocean's Fifteen. Comes into so. the meeting. <laughs> what are you doing here? We just sold to Bronco. Oh damn it! What? How did that happen? Oh man, it was a shell corporation. Actually, that would be pretty fantastic. I want to see. I want to see. Uh, uh, yeah, hang on. Let me let me send him a tweet real quick and see if we can get the ball rolling on that. Yeah, like an Ocean's Eleven type scenario. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely, yes. absolutely. Yes. All right. So, our, in our next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, favorite college sports traditions. And obviously, we've got uh, the news that came out this week that Memphis Madness will be returning um, after after a hiatus. So, that is one that you know. 
course, for years, it was Midnight Madness. You know, you, you stroke of midnight, we would be hanging out down at the, you know, first it was the, the Mid-South Coliseum, then at the Pyramid. Um, and, of course, you know, now they're in the FedEx Forum. But I kind of prefer that, honestly. Oh, it was, it was much better. And, of course, you know, it was, it was another one of those things that the Memphis Tigers, uh, you know, Memphis State Tigers at that time, were doing and nobody else was doing. And then all of a sudden, you know, a, a bigger program stole it. And ESPN went, oh, yeah, this is a really good idea. And now everybody does a madness event. Yet I digress. So we've we've got that going on, which which was always fun for the fans, except for you know during the Calipari years they would build it up and build it up and build it up and build and eventually it got to the point you know under the Pastor you know era where it was just like we can't do more and everybody's complaining so we're just going to shut it down. Well now they're bringing it back and you know they're wisely they're they're including the Lady Tigers in at this time, which uh, you know I think that that's a smart move on their part. Um, not just for the the inclusiveness of it, but also give them some shine too. Yeah, you know, give them some exposure. Why not? You know, what, what's it going to hurt you? All right. So that was one of my favorites. You know, growing up, obviously in this area and everything. What are some of your favorite college sports traditions? Boy, um, looking around the U.S., I mean, I think you can you can point to any decent basketball program that's got a midnight madness like sure. type of thing uh you know university of maryland does it that's that's the area that i come from but i like things that are unifying and the things that bring people together in a way that makes sense like rolling trees in tumor's corner doesn't make any sense to me no they're just trees yeah and it's just toilet paper and it's a lot to clean up yeah um you know, but I like like yell practice uh, at Texas A and M. Say, I was going to say, you know, what, what Texas A and M does, I love. Obviously, we had the, the tragedy there a few years ago, right? But you know, by and large, an amazing event. Once it was explained to me, the gatherings on the field at Death Valley and Clemson, yes, post game, um, sound like a cool tradition, something to continue. Well, the, them coming down the hill, you know, and it, it, it being there. It's kind of funny to witness, but watching it on TV, it's really cool. You know, yeah. to see the whole team, they, they go through the worms and everything. Then they go out of the stadium, they jump on the bus, and they get, you know, get shuttled up to the right. top of the hill just so they can walk back down the hill again. You're like, when you're sitting there watching it, you're just like, this is really kind of dumb. But watching it on TV makes it look amazing. Also, can you imagine just how hyped they are getting on that bus? Oh, yeah. Like, that's got to be the best moment of the day, I think, for a lot of guys, especially the guys that don't get in the ball game. We're just like, oh, I can't. Wait for this, you know. This is this is just this is just cool. That's the only highlight they're going to get is running down that hill, right? Those, yeah. those are like front of the line running down the hill, guys. Right. Oh yeah, clean jersey, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Pressed has never been never been wrinkled at all. <laughs> Don't even have to wash it after the game. <laughs> That's a fun one for me. Um, I like like good bands. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't get to see a lot of like the dotting of the eye for the Ohio State band. Um, I, I like a lot of the black school bands, like yes. those, are the ones that let rock and they just drop some new metal melodies on you a lot of the time yep. where you're just like, I was not even expecting that. And they, they just pull things from out of nowhere. No. Um, but I think that's that. And that's just overall good game ops is if you infuse new music into your band's routines or into your stadium or, or your yep. practice, whatever it is like that's, that's keeping up with the times. And I, I like that part of it. Um, of course we just, we just had the Southern heritage classic this past weekend yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I went to it for, you know, three or four years. Um, friend of mine that uh, was, you know, in school with me in high school, and then we both went to Memphis together, uh, he played in the band. And so that was, that was his reason for going, because he wanted to see the bands. Yeah. And, you know, I always love the bands, too. And, of course, he's Vietnamese. 
I'm very clearly white, right. and we're walking around, you know, the Southern Heritage Classic, Which is and great. sticking out like sore thumbs. But everybody was cool, and so you know, it, it was it was fantastic, and it was you know the the amount of energy that the bands impart to the crowd. Oh yeah, it's just it, it's phenomenal, and yeah, you know, I'm right there with you. You know, whether it's uh, you know when you when you see them come out at halftime and you get the battle of the bands and all like it's amazing, right? It, it really is. Um, yeah, I'm with you with the you know dotting of the eye, uh, you know, for, again. I don't like the Buckeyes, right. but but that's a really cool moment. And of course, you know, at least once per year, you get the story of you know the, the guy that that is doing the dotting of the eye. Um, you know, growing up here, obviously, you know, I, I've been to Knoxville a lot. You know, seeing them run through the T, you know, it's it's, it's a really cool experience. And of course, um, you know, you've got with uh, with Notre Dame. You know, they come out coming out of the the home locker room, they hit the sign. You know, stuff like that is is just it, it's a lot of fun, and you know I think that obviously you know people take sports way too seriously, but at the same time there's so many of those fun little moments that that are out there. I'm trying to there was there was one that I was thinking of the other day for uh, for college basketball apart mm. from the Midnight Madness, and it, I know it's an ACC school, and I can't remember exactly what it was that they did. I can just name ACC schools left and right. Well, ex- and yeah, I mean, I, the ceiling is the roof on that. But, <laughs> uh, it could be almost anybody. Traditional ACC schools, you know, UVA, UNC. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It was, Wake Forest, NC State, yeah, it, Virginia. It's escaping me right now. Okay. I, I know it wasn't Duke or North Carolina because, obviously, we know what, what the Cameron Crazies do. Um, although them camping out the night before games – Kind of a cool thing. Yeah, that's um, true. They, they hold no punches. Oh, no, 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 no. No. And, and again, you, obviously you being from the Maryland area. And, I know. <laughs> Maryland, Maryland gave it back to them a couple oh, they, of times. They sure did. J.J. Reddick probably still doesn't like to drive no. to the state of Maryland for any reason Never, whatsoever. Ever. <laughs> not, not ever. If they ever decided to move the Wizards you know, back to, to Baltimore, <laughs> where they were the Bullets, he would probably like, no, I'm, just, I'm not playing there. Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you know what he's going to do now is – He's going to take the train out through Ohio from Philadelphia right. and come back down <laughs> around from Virginia and go up in there. Come on around and say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I don't, I don't really need to, to, to be there for that game. No. Um, I was, there, was, uh, there was one more. It wasn't, it wasn't football or basketball. It was one that I read, and that was what made me think of the idea. Florida State. Um, Florida State buries their turf. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, that actually, that's, yeah, that one is pretty good. Um, Oh, and that was one that that made me think of it. You talking about Baker Mayfield, you know, planting the flag. Obviously, you know, uh, Chief Osceola, you know, riding out, right? The you spear. know, with the spear. Uh, that's always been a really cool one to to see. Um, and of course, you know, being being a Memphis guy, having Tom two, Tom three, you know, Tom four, whatever we're up to now, they're at the games, and it's cool. just there's something about having a live mascot of some kind, you know. Uh, University of Texas with Bevo, you know, yeah. coming across the field. University of Tennessee has that trash can that's your new mascot now. <laughs> I put them on double super probation for that last week, Gil. I love it. I love <laughs> their mascot, right? I love the trash can. It, it should be. It I think should be. I think it's tremendous. No, I love the trash can. I hate the guy holding the trash can who clearly does not want know what his job description is. It's like, quit moving the trash can around when the guy's trying to dunk it. Right. You've got one job, man. 
One job. Hold the trash can in place. As long as nobody misses, like, to the tune of an injury, that would, I mean, that, then, then the trash cans <laughs> so, all cease. Somebody, somebody is going to slip on a Gatorade cup going to, to dunk in the trash can this year, blow out an ACL, and, and that will be the end of the, the trash can era. Mm-mm, not good. All right. Um, trying to think what else we had as far as news. Obviously, the Zach Randolph, um, you know, news came out that uh, he would – Reached a plea agreement and would uh, would not be facing any jail time. Surprise, surprise! This is my shocked face. Yeah, I can tell. Um, and it's would the same actually, as your other face. yeah, it really is. Oh. Um, so he's got uh, 150 hours of community service. If I put the over under at 25 hours of community service, do you think he will do over that or under that in actuality? Over, absolutely. This is a guy. I mean, remember, this is a guy. Okay. Keeping in mind, again, I know what Zach does for the community, what he did while he was here in Memphis. A lot of what Zach did was write a big check. Now, actual community service, 25 hours of him actually going out and, and doing stuff versus writing a really big check. No? Under. Exactly. Under. under. Exactly. I've actually got it under 20. I don't know if I'll go that far, but I'll, yeah. go, I'll go on. Right. There, there's absolutely no way that, that, that Zebo ends up doing 150 hours of actual community service. But there's other ways that can serve the community. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. But it, and that's why I was going to put the, uh, uh, the L.A. Sheriff's Department on, <laughs> on double secret probation just for arresting him to begin with because it was like, what are you guys doing? I mean, seriously, as our, our buddy Kevin Leip, he, he talks about in Memphis, you have the Jerry Lee Lewis rule. That if you're a certain level of celebrity with a certain amount of money, you can do pretty much whatever you want to. That's where Zebo is. That's how Zebo was in in Memphis, and that's how you expect Zebo to be out in California as Although, well. You're a different level of celebrity in Memphis than you are in Los Angeles. Well, I mean that is that is true to a certain extent, but you have so many celebrities in Los Angeles that it's like, really? Why are there cops this, here? Yeah, it, it's like. You decided to go bust up a block party? Seriously? Yeah. Well, that's and, true. And then the one guy you arrested is famous? Makes no sense to me whatsoever. If the community service is any kind of physical, like if you give somebody community service that's the same kind of work that they do at their job, they're not going to want to do it. Because I'm like, how do you do this during the week? I'm oh, sure. to do more of yeah, this. Absolutely. So they're well, going to get zero to rebound basketballs? Yeah, that's actually, I think that would. We need you to rebound all of these basketballs. Send him to one of the, uh, uh, you know, like the, the, the kids' basketball game. Yeah. Send him to, you know, one of their practices where that's his job is to rebound their misses and, and kick it back out to him. That'd be great, actually. That, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'm really into that. That'd that would be great. awesome. But you, they got you got to give him, like, middle school grades so at least they can, like, they can heave it up from some distance. So, like, he's right. going to chase a couple of them. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, no yeah. question. It can't no be like, question. The, 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 like the, the six-year-olds who can barely oh, no, no, like no, 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 no. We're, we're talking like 10-year-olds okay. at least. Okay. At least, you know, preferably 12-year-olds. This is good. I like I this. I like it. So yeah. he's just doing yeah. rebound and outlet. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. All day long. Okay. Or even better, maybe make him ref a couple of their games. Oh. That would be a lot of fun. That would be fun. Because he would still be wearing the headband, even with the whistle and, and the striped Unless shirt. he gets mad, then he's going to rip the headband off. Oh, no question. <laughs> no question. All right, uh, big thing for this weekend, obviously, is the uh, the Tigers taking on UCLA. Uh, UCLA sneaking into the top 25, so we do have you know that going for us. And uh, I believe it's going to be the uh, ABC game of the week as well. Noon game, uh, very Hollywood weekend with Bruno Mars also playing. Very true, very true. So that's a, 
I'm, I'm intrigued by this. This is, this is going to be a good test for the Tigers who did not look great in their, their opening night matchup. However, when we consider how much of a factor the weather was, you know, you've got obviously Riley Ferguson throwing a soggy water laden ball that, I mean, quite frankly, most of us would be lucky to shot put more than 10 yards. Yeah. Yikes. And then you've got his receivers who are trying to make cuts on a very muddy field. And of course, you know, the, all, all of the, all the things that the weather brings in, uh, you know, it makes it tougher linemen, makes it tougher, you know, running backs who either trying to make cuts, trying to block, whatever. We didn't get to see a whole lot of them. So that's why I'm in agreement with a lot of people that it would have been good for them to play central Florida, even if they had lost that game, just because it, it would have, it would have given them, you know, a, a chance to get ready for this UCLA squad that, yep. I mean, when, when you look at, you know, them coming in with, with Josh Rosen as lights out quarterback right now, I mean, we, we talk about how much fun Baker Mayfield has been. Josh Rosen's right there with him, yeah. you know, in, in terms of, of being entertaining and, and likable as well. They're not going to play a bigger game than this, this year, I don't think. No. And they're not going to play a better quarterback. I mean, have they played a better quarterback between Josh Rosen, who they'll meet on Saturday, and Chad Kelly? I'm not sure that they have. No. I'm not entirely sure they have. So this is a, I think this is a great opportunity for them. And they have something in their advantage, which is – they can run the football and keep the ball out of Rosen's hands. If right. they do it well, then you give him fewer opportunities to shine. Now, obviously, the way they came back against Texas A&M says UCLA can score, and they can score pretty much whenever they demand to right. if the need requires. But let's see. Well, that's, uh, earlier this week, I was listening to, uh, to Jonah Jordan talking to uh, you know, John Harden, our buddy over at Sports 56. Yeah. And, and you know, Jonah was one of the ones who said, I, I think the, the Tigers have to score 60. That this is going to be an, an up and down the field type game. That and I understand what you're saying. You know they need to run the ball in order to, you know, one control the to control the clock, but also to you know give their defense a chance to rest. Break off some big runs if you need to, but right. you know definitely you know you can you can have a lot of big scoring plays and still have some long drives or some drives take some time. Yeah. So do it all. You know I mean it, it, it's a it's it's UCLA. You got to do everything to beat them. No, no question, no question. And, and of course you know there's there's a lot. There's a lot riding on this as far as, you know, from a, a national perspective of the Tigers proving that we, we can hang with those Power 5 schools. You know, we, we, we've proven it in the past, and, you know, we, we think we can do it again. And so I think that, and again, you don't, you don't want to talk about moral victories and, and all that garbage, but they want to prove they can hang with them. They don't want to get blown out in that game. No. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping that, obviously, you know, a lot of people are going to show up. Uh, we, we didn't get the big crowd for, for the opening night because of the weather. I'll be the first to admit that I took one look at that weather forecast and went, yeah, no, uh-uh. I'm, I'm going to sit right here on my couch mm-hmm. and, and, and watch it from here because mm-hmm. it's just not worth it to me to, to go sit in the rain for three hours. S-A-W-F-T? Okay. Uh, hey, you know, I mean, I, it's different when you get to sit up in that nice cozy booth with the, uh, with the media members versus you know, sitting out in the rain with everybody I have, else. I have never <laughs> been in the booth. I have only been in the grandstands in that stadium, and it is uh, it is – Protectionless. Oh, absolutely. Uh, coldest I've ever been in my life. Went to, went to the Liberty Bowl to see Colorado State versus Louisville. I don't remember how many years Why'd ago that was. That? Well, because I had free tickets and I didn't have anything else to do okay, that day. All right. We go to the uh, go to the breakfast beforehand, and Franco Harris was the uh, was the the speaker for that. Franco. Had a had a great breakfast. Franco was awesome. Then we go sit and freeze our literal tails off 
through that game, I have never been that cold in my entire life, and I hope to never be that cold again. I always wondered why you didn't have a tail. That's, uh, that's exactly why. Uh, it, it, it froze and, and broke off during that, that uh, fateful game. Shout out to the Colorado State fans who were awesome, though, wearing the, uh, wearing the Ram uh, hats. They were awesome that, that day. And also, you know, Boo Louisville, always and forever. All right. So what else you got, bud? Anything? Man, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm really looking forward to this end of the season in the baseball. I know it's, you know, it's, it's not the biggest thing around here. The Redbirds, by the way, got a walk-off home run, I believe, this afternoon to extend their yes. championship series. And looking forward to seeing how they do against the uh, little pup dogs from El Paso. They got to win as they go down there now. They play the last three games of the series down in El Paso. Yeah, and that was—I think that was something that intri- you know was was intriguing to me because you you tend to think of you know a, a playoff series and you think okay, well you got you got two games here, you got two games there, and then you come back to it and it's like no, no, it's two here and then then all the rest of them there, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm sure I could read the rules and, and I would figure out why, but Memphis right. being the first team to clinch of any team in the minor leagues, would have, you would have thought that they would have had the advantage in the, right. the home field for the whole thing, but not, not that's so not much. how that goes. No, not so much. So, but we'll see. Hey, you know, it, it's fun. Hopefully, you know, a couple of, a couple of folks got out there to watch them last night and, and uh, earlier this afternoon and uh, best luck to the Redbirds. And, and we'll see how the, the minor league or the major league baseball season finishes up. That's probably a podcast topic for uh, one or two podcasts from now. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So tell the people what you have been doing. Uh, obviously, you, you know, uh, those of us who listen to us on, you know, Three Shades of Blue Radio on Sports 56 before knew that you were our producer back then, occasional co-host. And of course, you know, the, the you know, idea man behind a lot of the segments that we did left there. You went to the Jackson Generals. And what have you been doing with them? Sure. I just finished a 140 game season doing the number two radio duties, which means three innings of play by play a night and a lot of color and pregame postgame show stuff and some social media and media writing as well just the right. recaps the press releases stuff like that website updates so i've enjoyed that a great deal season finished on labor day and uh, did some wrap-up work at the end of last week and now i'm into football season with the Rhodes college links right and i'll do a little bit of work with memphis university of memphis women's volleyball team beginning tomorrow they've got a home tournament and their soccer teams both men's and women's in action as well this fall so we shall see what the fall holds for me but that's uh that's all that's on the plate right now i think i'll do a little work uh with the grizzlies as the season begins right but um i'm exploring opportunities and uh taking a lot of informational interviews which is something i really enjoy because i like hearing about other people's cool jobs so if you think you've got a cool job feel free to reach out to me at uh typhoon springs on twitter and uh, i'd love to love to just Buy you coffee or uh, maybe take you out to lunch and hear about why you like your job so much and uh, maybe if it's something that I want to do because I'm trying not to limit myself here. Absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make up uh, you know, a, a stage name and say that I have a cool job just to get a free lunch out of you at some point. Okay. So I'll wear a disguise and everything. You won't know it's me until the last second. Okay. Promise. Try. All right, that's our show for the, this evening. Of course, you can find Tyler Springs uh, on Twitter at Typhoon Springs. You can find me at 3SOB. You can check out the show at Mim Shake Pod. And of course, you'll be able to download that from the OAM network uh, probably Monday, we think, in Gil. Indeed. So, you Monday know, so morning. Monday. And uh, thanks to all of you who've been watching uh, watching the show on Facebook Live. Uh, you know, it's, it's fun for us. Hopefully, it's fun for y'all. And, uh, you know, 
season is almost upon us. Uh, we only got media day like like uh, two and a half weeks away, something like that. It's nuts. So you know, it's it's coming soon. I forgot to look at the camera the whole time, by the way. Oh, I don't ever look at the camera. Oh, whoops. Yeah. All right. I, I'm scared I'll somehow see myself in the camera. It's just, you know, one of those weird Inception type things. Yes. All right. That is the show. You've been listening to the Memphis Shakedown podcast here on the OM Network. Until next time, y'all be good. Power to the podcast. Power to the people. Is an own production. For more information, go to the OAMnetwork.com.